good day, people. This is Miss Cece, the real infopreneur. You are joining me on Black Talk Radio Network as well as SoundCloud. Today, we will be talking to Miss Mary Ann Howland. She has written a book called Warrior Rising, How Four Men Helped a Boy on His Journey to Manhood. Welcome, Marianne. How are you? I'm wonderful, Cece. I'm so delighted to speak with you this evening. I hope you are well and safe and sound. Absolutely. In the confines of my home, I am safe and sound. <laughs> so let's see here. We have we have to tell you, first of all, congratulations on being an advocate for persons with disabilities. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that comes personally because my son is has cerebral palsy and also has ADHD. And so our life experience has really made clear to me and to him that society is the disabler. It's not that most people with disabilities are completely able. And so I have learned to, and he has as well, to advocate for um, people with disabilities because um, there are many, many things that we're absolutely capable of doing. And our message to the world is, you know, just please give us the opportunity to do that. Um, I think that the world would be a better place. Um, people would learn, be able to learn and expand their own horizons by opening the door to, to learning how people can operate differently and, and be just as successful as the next person. So. Um, yeah, it, it comes naturally, and, and it's been an absolutely beautiful journey and really uh, a gift um, that for me to be able to see the world through different eyes, through a different lens. Right. I think it would be a better world if we all learned to work with each other's methods of learning and modalities. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's a lot to learn from human innovation and people with different bodies and different skill sets are great innovators. And so if we would take the time to just be patient and sit and observe and, and communicate and um, interact, it is amazing how <laughs> absolutely inspirational and remarkable um, all people with all different kinds of different diagnoses, you know, from anything from, you know, parents of children with autism will tell you that their children can be, can be quite genius and have many unique skill sets that could serve businesses. And there are some businesses and corporations that are beginning to recognize that and, and, and provide opportunities for people to demonstrate their, their, skill set and be a contributor to society, which is an important thing because, you know, right now the the opportunities for um, people who are different are very limited. And so they're forced to be reliant upon social services and which m many in the community taxpaying citizens frown upon. And we, we get it when we go to the disability office and, and you know, we the the conversation could be very unfriendly because it's viewed as a negative, as a drain on society. Meanwhile, I would posit, okay, then why not create an opportunity for people who can work, especially now with technology and people can work remotely or or you know fit in a a particular position that fits their skill set and pay them a wage and let them work with dignity and take care of themselves. And then that way, then they don't have to be a burden on, on the social system. That's a conversation, Cece, that you and I could have for hours about how I think it's time that we rethink um, how we treat our citizenry, which is 15% of the U.S. population, by the way. And when you think about it, we're all going to be a part of that population at some point in our lives because we age. Mm -hmm. So it behooves us to really be thinking more about I think um, a different kind of way of learning how to live with, hold up, and empower people who 
I like to think of who just are differently abled um, with different skill sets. It just requires patience and creating a new normal. Absolutely. And it goes back to who do we consider important? Like, are there only some that we consider important? And those that we consider important are those the ones that we support with our tax dollars? Um, as all of us being U.S. citizens, everyone should be supported. Absolutely. So when I think about, you know, the four men, the four mentors that came into our lives to provide the support and the love and the foundation building skills and, and character building assets that my son has been able to get from them, it's really awesome because they were able to see him, see the heart, the soul, the strength in him and bring that forward. And, um, oh, you know, and just really not even, um, you know, just really treated him as if he were just the man that he is, you know, and the man that he could become rather than holding him back or rather than you know, limiting their perception of what he could do or could not do. They let him do what he could do and, and held that up and, and gave him the confidence and the character to help him become the man that he is today because they believed in him and mm -hmm. saw him for what he could do. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why this book was written, Warrior Rising, how four men helped a boy on his journey to manhood. This story is speaking of your son. So why don't you tell us the details of your book? Well, so Warrior Rising, it's, it's really, it, at first it started as a, a, a story that was written on demand. Um, when my son turned 13, I gave him a black mitzvah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I had, the idea was to give him a rite of passage to demarcate this important moment for a young man, you know, turning 13 and entering his teen years. And because I'm a, I'm a business owner, Cece, I have a very busy life. I'm very involved in, in the community. I serve on several boards. And I'm a single mom of a, of, a, of a child with a disability. And so for the first 13 years, it was really, you know, I had the professional side, but then I also had to be a mother, a therapist, a nurse, an advocate, you know, just, you know, so a teacher. A chauffeur. And it just got to be a lot. Mm -hmm. and, and I realized that as we were approaching this really critical age, and my son started to say to me a little too often, He'd come home and maybe he was sad or, you know, I could see that he was struggling or maybe irritable. And I'd, I'd ask why, and he would tell me, oh, Mom, you won't understand. And it was about the 10th time that he said that, and I just realized, you know what, maybe maybe I don't understand. And, and that's when it dawned on me that, you know, I, I need to find him somebody that might understand. I don't know what it's, I have three I have three older brothers, but I don't know what it's like to be a little boy, especially one that was going through the kind of journey that he was and in the book, you know, I described, you know, his his particular struggles. Mainly the biggest one was bullying. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, people with disabilities and how they get treated by society, but when you are Imagine this, you know, a young boy of, you know, 12, 13, you know, you, you're, you know, your hormones are, you know, on the rise and all the, all the other little kids in the school are, you know, pairing up and, you know, sending little love notes and all this is going on around you. And the young boys are entering sports and, you know, starting to emerge as stars. And my son couldn't participate in sports and, um, and the women, you know, it wasn't, you know, the girls kind of shunned them. So, and then the bullying started and they would, you know, call him cripple and um, the girls would make fun of him. And, you know, he was like the butt of a joke. It was very painful. And I saw him go from being this extremely, extremely confident young man into a just depression. 
Mm. And it broke my heart. And I didn't, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what to do. So I thought, you know, well, we need to arm him with, um, one, some ammunition for how to deal with it as a, as a young man. You know, how do you confront that? You know, I, I just wanted to go to school and beat up everybody, but I couldn't do, you know, I can't, mom can't be charging down hallways, taking on kids and their parents all the time. So no, he, he needed to find, he needed to find a way to deal with it. So, so all of those things were kind of coming to a head. And so I, I knew that um, I wanted to give him this uh, rite of passage with the, with the, the core of it being that he get this circle of men, we call them the circle of kings, um, who kind of came together as his sort of collective dad, if you will, to help him, help mentor him through this. Mm-hmm. So that's what the black mitzvah, that's what the concept was. And, and the reason why mitzvah or the Jew, you know, it's a take on the Jewish bar mitzvah, and I had never been to one, um, was I had just read enough to know that it was based on the three tenets of faith, community, and accountability. And I just really thought that was really beautiful. And so we built a ceremony based on those tenets. When I told a friend of mine about the Black Mitzvah and described what what I just described to you, and it was another man, (laughs) and he was, you know, my mentor, in fact, uh, he he was so moved, he started crying in the middle of a dinner. We, I told him over dinner. He had asked what I do, did for my son's birthday because he knows I always give him, you know, big, huge birthday parties um, because he's a miracle. So we celebrated like that. And mm-hmm. um, so he was so moved that he told me that for the, and this is an impeccable man who, you know, beautiful wife, lovely, you know, kids, all grown up, very successful. But he said to me through tears, this is the first time in my life I feel remiss as a father that I didn't do that for my own son. With all the remarkable men that I've met over, you know, my lifetime, my gosh, how my son would have benefited from having had the opportunity to, you know, just, you know, talk with them, learn from them. And um, the, the the gentleman is a legend in the music business who, you know, he, he produces art, artists. I live in Nashville, so that's, you know, we have a community like that. So he um, he says to me, he goes, well, you know what I do for a living? And he goes, I, I produce artists who write beautiful songs. He goes, he goes, you you have a beautiful song, but it's a book. You need mm-hmm. to go write that book. And that's that's how the book really came into being. Because when when someone like um, this this man, this this influence in my life. That's something like that. I just knew it had to be done. And he just, he was so, he was the one who made me understand the power and significance of what this black mitzvah was for my son, even before I did, because I didn't, I didn't know how powerful it was going to be. Right. Well, as I hear you speaking, because I have sons myself, and as we grow older and our children grow up and we kind of look back on things that we could have done differently, but of course we didn't have the knowledge. Um, I would say that it's definitely something that single mothers need to learn about because there's a point when that little boy is no longer your baby boy. He is toiling with emotions, hormones, and just different things that are unexplainable to the mommy ear. You know, but I know for me, it's like you want to just kind of keep them as this little baby bird forever, but that's just not so. So I I commend you for creating this platform for, well, young men and women, actually, because uh, you do service the, the young ladies as well, right? Oh, I, yeah. So absolutely. So one of the things that, um, you know, since... I've been in many conversations about um, my son's Black Mitzvah. I've had, there's absolutely no reason why we wouldn't do this for our young girls as well. Um, I, I think the idea of, you know, intentional parenting or, you know, really kind of making manifest really the village raising a child by by creating this formal circle that, 
and and we 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 created something that was um a commitment you know so so the engagement was more than just the idea of you know aunties and uncles which we all kind of grew up with that you know come in, in and out of our lives and are there when we need them but what i needed from these men was something more um in, intentional and and um you know that something that my son could rely on when he needed, whenever he needed, through this really turbulent, stressful, you know, challenging time, you know, helping him work through things like his own self-identity. You know, there was a, <laughs> I tell the story inside that was really very difficult for me was when my son discovered porn. Talk about Girl. that. That's so painful. What, what happened? I, I was, you could have peeled me off the ceiling. I just... You know, because, you know, when I discovered it, and the way I discovered it, you know, it, he, it was on a, on a computer, of course, and it was just so much of it. And the, and the level of porn was, CC was stuff that I had never even seen before. I was like, oh, my God. And, the, and my reaction was, you know, I, I, you know, I wanted to go in and wash his brain out with soap. I, it was oh, just so, it was, you know, but that's what, you know, that's, how pervasive it is now, and I know a lot of parents know what I'm talking about. And you can go through, the, go through the exercise of, you know, trying to all the parental controls on your television and your, mm-hmm. and I did all that, mm-hmm. but you know, computers are everywhere. So, and my son would find them. He found mm-hmm. them at the airport. He Ooh. found them at the volunteer center where he was doing volunteer work. He oh. found them in the hotel room when we were traveling. He found it, oh, and goodness. um. So I I was like at my within like oh my gosh I don't know what to do so I reached out to the mentors and said look guys um <laughs> I need help here and I'm describing you know the the, the situation and I want to tell you CC the first thing I this is what this is what the men did for me first so when I I'm freaking out you know calling them you know half hysterical mm-hmm. and each one of them individually says to me oh girl you need to chill out. This what men do. Like <laughs> <So, laughs> what? Right, exactly. But so, but but it was. But I can't begin to tell you how important that was because it it took me from you know ten down to you know three. You know what I mean? Because I was just ready to just you know free. And then after they settled me down and made me you know just you know chill out a little bit, um, then they were able to talk to my son about it and and of course all of their conversations and I explained this in the book are um private and between them so I'm not you know I, I don't participate I tell them that it's between them because I needed my son to have that trust factor that I'm not in it and that mm-hmm. I wouldn't they'd only tell me anything on a need to know basis so for these conversations um what all I all I learned from them is that what they explained to him, made sure that he understood was, you know, first of all, he's normal. Mm-hmm. And second of all, but, you know, two things. One is responsibility. In other words, don't let it overwhelm, you know, overtake your or interfere with your homework and other things that you have to do. And two, um, respect for women and what that means. And so in that chapter, each of the four men as a way of talking about respect for women tell the story about why they pick their wives. And it's so beautiful. They for that part they did let me hear. Oh my God. I I so wished I knew their stories before I chose the man that I did marry, this the actual father of my son, because I I would have just had a completely different you know, thought I just want to say, I just want to say, boom, I, I get it. It's like, wow, why is this revelation coming now? Um, right. It was I, just, I, I, get I mean, it. It was, I mean, it's just amazing. And it, it just made me totally appreciate the definition of divine masculinity, mm-hmm. what that really means. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, and so these four men represent that. And, and I just feel really fortunate that they are in, you know, they are in my life. One of them is my brother, one of mm-hmm. my brothers, and the other three. One is a philanthropist, one is a financial planner, and one is a publisher. 
And um, so there just, you know, happened to be four remarkable men, um, each of them very secure and generous and just, you know, stepped up and leaned in, like, um, you know, in an unbelievable way. So. Wow. Well, this is a beautiful thing that you've created. Now, when you, when you describe uh, the circle of kings, how do you go about picking them? Because you have here where you tell the parents to provide this or create this rite of passage. So in creating the rite of passage, I'm pretty sure they need to create this circle of kings. So how do you go about picking the right circle of kings to add to this rite of passage? Um, that's a really excellent question, and it's, it's a profound one. <clears throat> because the process, I think, begins with a self-assessment of your own value system. Okay. So as a, as a parent, whether you're a mom or dad, you know, and you're, and you're wanting to um, choose influencers for your child, you know, you have to ask yourself what's really important to you that you think that your son or daughter needs. And um, whether it could, you know, and it could be based on the interests of your child. You know, if you, if your child is, you know, wants to be a, you know, an accountant or a lawyer or whatever, you know, it could be that, you know, or, or it could be based on character. You know, for me, the things that I think most important for any any person are honesty, integrity, uh, a, a strong sense of self, self-esteem. Though I, I like character values because I think that those are winning attributes no matter what career choice or what what future your son or daughter may choose. So it's but but it's first it's a values assessment. And then once you know kind of, you know, who what you're looking for, then it's a matter of taking a look at the people around you who exhibits those qualities. Now there's two things about that. <laughs> Because I often get, well, what if you don't know anyone that, you know, has those characteristics that you name as or you decide are key? And my answer to that is, then you, there's something going on with you that you don't have that. So that could be an eye-opening experience in itself, that mm -hmm. you do a values assessment, decide that these are the things that are most important, and look around and don't see those people in your life. So there, there's that. <laughs> then if there are people like that, even if you may not know them, you know, intimately, like, you know, like, you know, really close, they could be people in your community. And it could be anybody from your pastor to the coach to, you know, somebody who you, who, who you know is well-respected and has those qualities who, and it doesn't, I had four, it could be two, it could be eight, it could, you know, it doesn't really matter. But what the ask was of them each of the mentors is what is the what makes the difference. I asked each one of them if they would agree to commit to spending at least four days to a week of one-on-one -on -one time each. So for my son, that meant four weeks where he got to spend individual one-on-one -on -one time with each one of them, and um, and they all live in different cities. That was powerful. And then if ever my son had a um, need to speak to one of them, if he called them, that they would respond within 24 hours. You know, the idea of having a, like a dad is somebody that, you know, is responsive when you need them. So they had to agree to that. And then um, really those were the biggest two requirements from them. So it was a commitment of time. And it was amazing how quickly they said yes. I, I thought I thought that ask was going to be too big, especially given I have someone with a disability. So my son comes with instructions. Not just a typical kid. It's when, when you go, I have to give you the name of his doctors. I have to give you, he had epilepsy at the time, too, so he was having seizures. So I had to give you the, you know, all the stuff, you know. The allergy list, what he can't eat. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if I put you, put him on a plane to Dallas, he's going with, you know, he's, he's going to arrive in a wheelchair and come with instructions. But you know what? Each of them just, they were like thanking me for the opportunity, thanking me. 
loved it. I mean, uh, my head spun. I couldn't believe how quickly they all stepped up to it. So, but but the question being, how do you you know choose? I think that um, you, you do you do need to, and it was also important that my son be part of the selection process. You know, because these were men that he needed to feel comfortable with because the relationships were going to be between him and them. So, I, you know, I had my ideas. So there was a discussion at some point when we decided I had my list, he had his list. <laughs> and so we had to kind of come to, you know, some sort of agreement on who we were going to invite. And we actually asked five men. One of them um, decided he, that he couldn't make the time commitment, but he's included in the book because he really has been just as, um, you know, involved and committed in his life in the way that he could. And it's mm-hmm. a really been a really beautiful, um, you know, part of the circle. Wow. Well, that's amazing. How, how great is that to have more than one man that you put together? Basically, you get attributes of a few different men to make up one father for your child. And he helped in that process of choosing what was going to be most beneficial for him. That is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and inside the book, and you get to kind of know each man, you start to be able to almost guess, you know, how they're going to respond to certain situations and questions that my son might ask. But my brother is, we call him, he's the, he's like a Mandinka and, and hanging out with him is like going to boot camp, you know, cause, cause he's just really like, he's an engineer. So he's very, um, you know, methodical and don't take nothing, you know, you know, just, just don't have time for no nonsense kind of person, right. Right. but, but lovable, very, mm-hmm. but very soft and friendly and stuff, but just, you know, kind of a, you know, like an engineer, get it done. And then um, the philanthropist, he's, he's a community guy, you know, real, you know, very uh, funny and musician, kind of, you know, easy, you know, um, will talk, he, he can out-talk anybody, you know, one of those, but he's really easy to be around. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one, the, the um, uh, financial planner, well, enough said, so he's a wealth manager, so he's very, very, uh, very dapper. I mean, the guy is an impeccable dresser. Anytime he shows up, you got to start, and the first thing he has to do is tell us where he got the shoes from, where did he get that tie, <laughs> You know what I mean? He's buttoned down. He's just polished. His nails are done. You know, so he's so well groomed. Such a great example of you know showing you what professional folks look like. You know, but he's mm-hmm. also, um, you know, very. He considers his profession his ministry. Mm-hmm. So he's you know it's, he's very beautiful the way he talks about money and planning and budgeting and 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 and, and sort of intertwines. Um, you know, scripture, you know, in it. So it's really awesome. And then the other, the um, magazine publisher, he's, he's a, he's a crazy person. He's just, he's, he's very ambitious and and motivated and he's absolutely hilarious. So he's like nothing but entertainment. Uh, He's just a ball of fun and he's ADD as well. So he, Mm -hmm. he and my son, they're rapid fire, you know, and they bounce off each other in a way that's really, um, wonderful, and in fact, um, when my son, you know, of course, children, parents will understand children with ADD, they're quick to, especially the young black men, quick to give them drugs, you know, so my son had done the route with the Adderall and the Vyvanse and, the, you know, which is all of it horrible. All the side effects are just totally worse than almost mm-hmm. the, the, the um, symptoms that they're trying to address, and um but when he hangs out, hangs out with Uncle Kevin in the book, he don't need no Adderall. <laughs> he don't need no five beds. Right. Because, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they they are both just, you know, on pistons fired, you know. Because and there's it, nothing it, wrong with him, first of all. That's the thing. It's There's nothing right. wrong with him. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So So he takes them just the way he is. And they just, you know, they just they just go at it, and it's hilarious to watch them together. So, um, so that's the four men. But 
I just want to make sure that, you know, there there are other men that come into this. Oh, so interesting. So when, when I began to talk about this, you know, after the 13th birthday and, you know, other people, my other friends, there were other men who were my friends who were jealous that what? they weren't asked. Oh, because they weren't asked. And then, and then I, you know, so so the circle got bigger because there were people that, there were three men, different men who asked me, well, I want to be part of this too. <laughs> so, so that happened. And then there were other men who really, there were mentoring moments. And um, like my son got to meet Barack Obama. Mm. And uh, and it was a remarkable, intimate moment. So it wasn't just it was a it was it was a tête-à-tête that happened. And it was just a month before Barack was elected into um, as our first president. Okay. And I talk about that moment in the book because for my son, who didn't, you know, for us it's like, oh, you know, Barack Obama. My son was because at the time he was, you know, 13 years old. First of all, for you know, he grew up around you know seeing successful black men, so he didn't see, he didn't understand why we were all excited about Barack Obama as president. They were, he, his his attitude was like, well, yeah, of course, <laughs> he's a he's a he's a nice guy. Why not? You know. But then when he got to meet him, and I'll never forget the occasion. My son, the first thing he said to Barack when he stuck his hand out to shake his hand, he says to him, I so admire you for being such a good father to Sasha and Malia. Mm. That was the first thing out of his mouth. I, I was flabbergasted. <laughs> and and who and you know, I, I just and, and and so was Barack. You could see you it, this was at a fundraising event with all the he was a, you know, no he was the only black boy in the room, you know, and clearly with a disability. So it was that's why the moment was special because um, Barack made it sacrosanct because he stopped, he recognized and wanted to, you know, connect with this young man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and that was the first thing John ever said. And so when, or Max said, and when, and, and was so the one Barack heard that he, he, it turned into a moment. And then Barack told him, he goes, you know, you look like me when I was your age. And and then this thing happened, and then they started, you know, talking about, you know, school, and it was beautiful. And 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 then we, and so this was all at a public, you know, event. And I remember the handlers got all nervous because, you know, there was he was supposed to go downstairs and give a speech, and da da da. And here he is, um, taking time with this young man, and mm-hmm. and he seemed to be able to see see him in a in a in a different light, and. So my son walked away from that totally for the first time, like really wanting and understanding why this man should be president. He cares about people. And mm-hmm. that, that chapter of the book is called Greatness Comes from the Heart because that's what my son experienced with Barack Obama. Wow. So your son caused, in a good way, Barack Obama to go off script and was able to receive what he needed from him. That was wonderful. Exactly. Exactly. It was such a beautiful moment. It was, I'll never forget it. And, um, and my son, of course, has never forgotten it. And so, you know, and, and there, my son got to meet a few of the Magic Johnson, um, which was a, you know, special moment. Alan Houston with the Knicks, that was a really incredible thing. Um, and I, so I described how those moments, the things that each of them said to him, and, how, and, and, and my son's takeaway from that, because the magic that my son does have is because he is visibly disabled or has a, is different like that. Mm-hmm. Um, men who, are, who have divine masculinity, men who are, you know, open and generous of, of spirit and heart see that mm-hmm. and, and want to connect. And, and my son's totally open to that. He, my son is very sensitive. And um, so he's just really, he brings, he, he, I describe it, you either, you either love him or, or, or you hate him. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people don't, they fear different, so they just kind of shy away from him. Yes. That's what I was going to say. But if you you give, Mm -hmm. but if you, but if you 
let him in, he's going to steal your heart like you would not believe. Mm, wow. Well, because of the envelope of love that he has received, I'm sure that you find yourself now leaning to your son for understanding of certain things because you, you see that he's more sensitive to certain things. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. He's, well, he's, he's, a, he's a creative person too. So his, you know, now he's 25 years old now. So he's pursuing, okay. Okay. he's very involved in um, animation, storytelling, uh, character development. And so that's what he's working on. And so he really, he's, he tells beautiful stories through animation, and um, and he's doing this on his own. He's got his own creative team, and they've got a little, you know, production studio. They're hoping to have something to launch to the world in the next year or so. It's, it's, it's taking it, you know, it's taking a little bit of time. But he's um, very, very sensitive. Very, you know, you know, one who can, you know, sit and watch a movie and cry. <laughs> he's one of those. He's always crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from a romantic movie or, you know, he's just, he's Romeo and Juliet and he's got a he's soft spot for. So he's a sweetheart mm-hmm. um, and a warrior, you know, very much a, um, you know, out, lay down his life for a friend kind of, kind of a uh, person. You know, if he, if he, if you're his friend or he loves you, then he'll die for you. You know, when he's one of, he's one of those. Wow. Well, that's amazing. And you talked about um, divine masculinity, but I also wanted to ask you about toxic masculinity. You know, we have all these terms that are kind of thrown around and, you know, what, what exactly is toxic masculinity? Of course, it's probably something that you don't want your children around. So what is that? And how do we make sure that we're not, you know, installing or instilling this in our children? Well, toxic masculinity is is a behavior usually that comes from fear and insecurity, mm-hmm. and and or you know or just and 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 can, that can be outcomes of having had an abusive father or you know just not having had healthy relationships in your life, and so how they manifest is through inappropriate um, actions that can be anything from, you know, domestic violence, it could be verbal abuse, it could be over-competitiveness, it could be bullying. Um, Toxic masculinity is, you know, something that is most obvious when you see men acting in unhealthy ways that, um, that are typically selfish, or um, showing weakness and insecurity, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, it's 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 very prevalent in our society, and especially um, amongst you know teenage men and and men of color, you know who have, you know when when you when you when the world has not treated you fairly, and you're always working at a disadvantage. And you're having to, you know, be judged and 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 not being given a level playing field. It can cause you to act out or want to um, exhibit your, you know, your masculinity or manifest ego in negative ways. And it's and it's. It's understandable why those behaviors are, but but it's not acceptable. It also can lead to depression and drug abuse and, you know, all kinds of outcomes that, of course, we we are trying to address in our communities today. So I think that mentoring men, healthy men, forming circle around our young men especially our young black boys, to help them understand and, un- and embrace the kings that they really are. You know, we come, our legacy from Africa is of kings and queens, mm-hmm. and, and we don't know that. And so I think that we, we need to begin, and I could, this is another hour conversation about um, understanding who we are. And if you don't really understand who you are and you're just basing who you are on how other people treat you or see you, 
which is, you know, is a heavy conversation, especially for African Americans because of, you know, the our history in this country and how we've been treated. So the PTSD that we still continue to experience that is in our gene pool at this point because of the generations of, of and, and, and we're still living it today. We're dying of COVID at, you know, at a much higher rate than any other population. Why is that? All these underlying illnesses. Why is that? Because of, you know, the poor nutrition, because of lack of health care, all those issues. So it's, it's very complex. So we need to now more than ever, you know, wrap around, embrace ourselves and, you know, really love ourselves and take care of our own. Uh, you know, I've, Black Panther, that movie, <laughs> it changed my life. Everybody knows I've seen that movie about 10 times. Because the concept of Wakanda, like what the world, what our world might have looked like had had there not been... Um, Europeans that came over and enslaved our people and snatched us from our mother's wombs. And, you know, and, and imagine that. Well, the Wakanda, you know, the, the respect, the dignity, the ritual, the rites of passage, the, the, the freedom to be, to be, that is so, that's what I want. And that, you know, this movement, when the publisher called me to congratulate me on the book, she said to me, she said, this is not just a book, it's a movement. And um, I, she she brought me to tears because it's exactly what I'm hoping this is, that it's a movement. That the movement is that we, we, we come together as the family that we are and, and take responsibility for and invest in building a healthier, loving future for our kids. And we have to do that with intentionality. So um, it requires some deep thought around, um, you know, what kind of world we want our kids to have and taking control of that. So, you know, that's, that's, that's the goal of, of this book and, and to have an ongoing conversation because I'm not the authority. I am no way, you know, I, I just, I'm just a mom that, you know, is raising a kid. I'm feeling overwhelmed and like, you know what? Um, I mean, you know, I recognize that it'd be great if we had some, like, you know, some men in his life that help him to kind of, you know, navigate that rocky road in front of him, and especially because his was a little bit a harder road to travel and did this. And mm -hmm. it really, I didn't realize the magnitude of what this would become really until he graduated from high school when, when, the, when the mentors came to witness you know, this accomplishment for him. And one of the mentors took my son by his shoulders and looked him in the eye and said, congratulations, now the real mentoring begins. And I was blown away because I, I thought that, you know, I thought it was going to be 13 through 18, 19 when he graduated. And they still today, even just two weeks ago, no, a week ago, during this COVID with all of this, you know, sheltering at home stuff, my son, you know, also is in therapy because of all the bullying. He 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 has to have psychological therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and um, oh yeah, and I talk about that in the book, you know, because it got he told he came to me and said, "Mom, I need therapy." And mm. so he, because of the shelter at home, he couldn't see his therapist. So and then he was really, you know, this was really upsetting to him. So I called the mentors. They. <laughs> did an intervention where the circle came together and they did a teleconference two hour call with my son to just sit and listen. Mm -hmm. And I left, of course, it was between them. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards I asked my, all I ever asked, you know, I said, well, how was it? How do you feel? And he said, mom, that was just what I needed. It was better than therapy. Mm. So there you go. Wow. So, sounds like he is really, um, being molded into a wonderful mentor himself. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, he's a, you know, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a bundle, you know what I mean? So he, I, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, you know, he's very typical and has, you know, still has, you know, struggles and like anyone, but he does have, I think what he, what the mentors have given him 
is a lifeline and and a and a and a, a self awareness. And and those are I think have been fundamental to helping him be okay about who he is and know understand how he's different and how he's the same. You know what I'm saying? So he's just got a better sense of who he is that that when I look at him at his age, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was at that age. But I think because of the influence of having these four men who are kind of a sounding board and a mirror and, and, and you know, a personal board of directors and all of that stuff, that he can just go to whenever, you know, he needs something has just been a lifesaver. I'll tell you what, it, it also, and I'll end on this, the other thing that's other added value for, for a mom, and single moms know this, and, maybe, and, and my all moms know this, you know, when a man says something to a boy, it has a completely different impact. Like, I, I, you know, I would try to get my son to, like, clean up his room. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We go rounds around. It was as if I never said nothing. And I find myself when I'm, you know, fussing and, you know, as he calls it, nagging, making me crazy. Mm-hmm. I, and then all I, so, but if one of the mentors said, you know, did you, is your room clean? Or your mom says that, because I sometimes I tell him, you know, I need some, and I need some, um, need some help here. All one of them saying it. Oh shoot! I, I it just makes me mad because. The reaction would be so instant. It's I don't know if it's the the baritone or the bass in a man's voice, but when they would say something, so I always had this. So I had this tool in my box that when my son, if if I wanted him to do something, he wouldn't do it, or if there's some 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 issue I have with him, all I would ever have to say, do I have to call your mentor? <laughs> do I have to call your dad? <laughs> right, exactly. And then, and I would, the immediate reaction would be, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, mom. Okay, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was the other, that that was my other tool in the kid. I love that. Well, I that, used it often. Good. That, that's really good. It sounds like this is definitely an avenue that parents, I'm not even going to say single moms, but parents need to connect with, because I believe all parents need help. You know, the saying is it takes a village to raise a child, but as it goes with the exception of right now, people are just way too busy and they have way too much going on to where they haven't even had the opportunity to to develop the proper village to raise their children. So they've kind of lost sight or they've never had sight of the, the fact that this is needed, you know, um, this is needed. It's needed that, that your children have a circle of, I would say, men and women to help them become who it is that they need to be. It's not just all on the school teachers. It's not just all on the parents. There's got to be those people that are in between that are willing to know that this work is important, know that it's not something uh, that that you're looking for concerning a dollar or anything. They just know that it's important to raise these children up to be profitable human beings in the future, you know? So I think that this is a wonderful start. And, you know, you said you're just a mom. Well, no, you are a seed planted. And um, this is definitely something that's growing. And I believe that it's going to be wonderful for many parents as soon as they can get a hold of it. And with that being said, how would people interested get a hold of you or purchase their book and also follow you on social media? Oh, you're so good at what you do. So um, I, the first place that I would love for your audience to go to is to visit the website blackmitzvah.org. On that, on that page is information about the book, it there's um, links to order it via Amazon or Books a Million or Barnes and Noble or whatever your favorite book retailer is, and then there's um, a few tidbits about how to choose your mentor. Like you know, because a lot of people, so many everybody, you know, the overwhelming response is, "Oh, I want to do this." So it's 
three questions to ask yourself to even begin that process. I have my um, email addresses there, so you can contact me, and I'm totally open to sharing whatever I can to help, you know, and if anyone's interested in doing a, a black mitzvah for their son or daughter, um, that's the fun part, you know. So we, I've, since this book I've been meeting with, as a matter of fact, I've set up sort of a, a council to develop the uh, ritual. I didn't talk, in the book I described the weekend mitzvah and the bonding and the exercises and all of that, which are, you know, can be modified to fit your own unique son or daughter and can be in whatever available resources. So um, that's that's the creative process part. And then um, on Facebook, we there's a page, Black Mitzvah, which is where the conversation also continues. And on um, Instagram, it's Warrior Rising the Book. Perfect. Warrior Rising the Book. So everyone listening, at the sound of my voice, make sure that you check her out. Check Marianne out. And if you have your own contribution, feel free to reach out to her because, as she said, she's willing to talk with you. Well, Marianne, we want to thank you for joining us, and we look forward to working with you later on in the future. Maybe you'll write some more. I'm pretty sure you will. But this has been Miss Cece, The Real Infopreneur, and we look forward to speaking with you all again pretty soon. Well, I just want to thank you, Cece. This has been a wonderful conversation. And um, as you can see, you know, we can continue it on, and I hope that we do. So in the right. meantime, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to enjoy the rest of your evening, and I want you to stay safe, and everyone out there stay safe. Stay at home. 